0: The Mac Observers, Mac Geek Gab shows 777 for Monday, September second, two thousand and nineteen. You don't have to be a geek to listen, but if you listen long enough, you will be.
1: Welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Cab, the show where, like Pete says, you don't have to be a geek to listen, but if you listen long enough, you will be. It's true. Here is where we answer your questions. We share your tips. We share your cool stuff found. We share some cool things that we found. The goal, of course, being that each and every one of us learns at least five new things every single week when we get together. Sponsors for this episode include Linode at linode.com slash mgg and Text Expander at TextExpander.com slash podcast. We'll talk more about both of those shortly here. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairfield,
2: Connecticut, this is Jonathan Braun. And here in another
1: part of Durham, New Hampshire,
0: right next to Dave. Is Pilot Pete?
1: Thanks for having me, guys. That's thanks it's for coming back, too Pete. Long. It's been too long. Yeah, man, yeah. it's good. That's good. It's good. It's good. Good to have you here. Yeah. yeah for those of you that have never heard Pilot Pete before, he uh, <laughs> was a staple on the show for many, many years. Uh, really, you came on. Um, I mean sort of the, the way you pitched it was, hey, I can I can be that voice of a listener and it in yeah. real time yeah. tell you if something is confusing yeah. and you should re explain it. And I'm still so confused. <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah. That was, no, uh, it's been great. It was before the chat room and everything. Yeah, so we didn't was, what, we 10? didn't have any of that real time feedback.
0: Eleven uh, 12, 12 years ago. Yeah, right? it's yeah. been it's, it's been a, a while. I, I wanna say it was 07 time frame.
1: It might have been. Yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so it's good to have you back. It's been.
0: Kids were all in elementary school. I know. know, Now they're doing that
1: college and high school thing. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's as it should be. Like that's okay. Yeah, no problem. At least your wallet on the college thing. Well, you know, it's okay. (laughs) Easy come, easy go. That's what I always say. Yep uh and what better to things to spend your money on than you know educating another human yeah i mean really it's like it's great in fact that's why we do this that's why we spend our time doing this is to educate everybody including ourselves so yeah how are you mr braun things good for you today so far all right (laughs) Good. That's. Let's see if we can. You know, this this could always go off the rails. (laughs) Oh, I I think it already has. Yes, it has. Yeah, but that's okay. (laughs) We're doing we're doing all right so far. All right, let's um let's see if Mike can help us. We've got a queue, a few a cue I'll queue up a few little quick tips from uh, from Mike. These are quick tips are sort of our favorite way of of sharing those things that are obvious to us but may not be obvious to everyone else. They like those things that are, it's easy when you already know the answer. So Mike has two of them to share with us. He says, today, I learned that I can screen capture video of my iOS screen. Of course, this was a feature that was introduced to iOS a little while ago, but he's totally right. And you can do it. Uh, You can actually even add it to control center. You go to settings, control center, customize, tap the plus next to screen recording, And then uh, and then you either swipe up from the bottom edge of the screen or on the iPhone 10 or later or iPad with iOS 12 or later, you swipe down from the upper right hand corner, whatever brings up control center. And then you've got the little screen recording button and you can record a little screencast on your uh, on your phone, which is great. So thank you for sharing that, Mike, because that's one of those things. If you know it, it's easy. It's not. It's a quick tip. It's what it is. He says. Also, I learned that there is a sweep second hand stopwatch in the iOS clock app, and he's totally right. If you launch the clock app and hit stopwatch, you can actually, if you swipe to the right, like it'll show you a digital display by default. But you'll see between the lap and start buttons are two little dots, one dot to the right, just like you have on your home screen, indicating there might be another page. Swipe right, or swipe left to move it right. I don't, I never quite understood, I guess not growing up in the Tinder age of dating, I don't know which (laughs) which way swipe left is. I I know about swipe left and swipe right, I just don't know. Back on the rails, if you swipe to get to the screen to the right, you will see a stopwatch with a uh with a sweepable second hand there so thank you for sure. But you won't right. wind up with a date so. but no there's no dating involved no one knows this is this is an apple product so all uh activity is happening on device no one knows whether you've swiped left or swiped right in the SWAT stopwatch app and if that's not the show title i don't know what is but <laughs> anyway i
2: got another ios one okay stumbled across this by accident and uh maybe we've mentioned it before but i'll mention it again so uh If you're in Safari, um, you'll see on the bottom, uh, Safari on iOS, you'll see on the bottom of the screen, a bunch of icons, and there's a uh, back and forward icon. And I just accidentally did this. If you hold down on that, it'll bring up the history of where the browser has been before and after. I never knew that. And
1: similar on a, yeah, pretty much the same thing on a
2: Safari on a
1: on mac os yeah, it's a little sort of more thing. obvious on mac os i would say but but i, yeah. I totally agree with you yeah it, it, it's a great i it's one that i know it's there i don't think about it but it's a quick tip i mean that's a perfect quick tip yeah, yeah. great yeah 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 and there's the tabs i have 29 open tabs on my safari Home. Oh do you know goodness. how to close them all at once yeah. yes yeah hold yeah. down, hold down yeah. on whatever's in the lower right corner and it'll yeah. say uh close all tabs now in ios 13 betas and so presumably in ios 13 when you do that for the first time, mm-hmm. or if you close multiple tabs manually in a row, mm-hmm. it will pop up and give you the option to auto-close your tabs after a day, a week, a month, or never. Or something like that. I might be wrong on the options, but there are there is a way to sort of auto-expunge. That's, that's a good idea, yeah. So yeah, that, you know. yeah. I mean, I know some people use their like their tabs as bookmarks and, and don't want to touch them, which is it. Folks, I, I get it. I understand, you know, habits and how we all do them. That one is a dangerous one only because Apple does not see your tabs as something that need to be preserved. So there are times where you might. Uh, you know, you might be doing some troubleshooting and your tabs would get blown away where say your reading list or your bookmarks would not. Right. Apple sees your reading list as something that should persist. Apple sees your tabs as something that is, you, you know uh, what we, we would say stateful, right? So they, they, they'll keep them around for you, but not necessarily. So just, just a good warning. There you go. There you All go. right. Another quick tip grew out of that i know i know i see this is what we do with quick tips it's good stuff all right um let's go to brad brad had a a good little question for us here that if we're not off the rails already might bring us there but hopefully in a good way he says guys have you ever done a comprehensive setup guide for a new mac i just bought my daughter a new macbook air to go off to college and i wanted to make sure i set it up Right, since I won't be around to help her troubleshoot, my stable of Max at home have been tweaked so much over time. I would really appreciate a list of the things you guys do setting up a new machine, test user accounts, T two encryption, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Thanks as always. So I figured we would take Brad's question. We've answered this question a few times in the past. That being said, it's never bad to go back and uh, revisit something because this stuff evolves. But I figured this time, uh, in in revisiting this, we would approach it with sort of two categories of things, one that I would recommend or do for someone else's computer. And then we can mention a few of the things that are sort of personal preferences, things that we might like uh, on our own Macs. but, but there, there is a distinction there. and, and, <laughs> That was one of the things when we were hiring nerds at Computer Nerds down in Austin, which was a business we had before Mac Geek ever existed. Um, it was kind of a geek squad sort of thing. So we had people going to people's homes and offices. And the hardest part, you could get a really smart nerd. But if they were insistent upon setting up and tweaking clients' computers to have all the little bells and whistles that they would have on their own computers... That would result in more customer service phone calls after the visit than anything else we ever did. So it was like, yep, that's great for you. Please don't push this stuff on your clients. Offer, advise, and then stop and listen. And when the client tells you yes or no, follow their advice or follow their instruction. You've already advised them. Your value has been added to the equation. Now you are there to do the work that the client wants done. Anyway, uh, so we are separating those two for this, which is a good thing. One of the first things I would do on anyone's Mac, especially in this scenario, Brad, where you are likely going to be called upon to troubleshoot it um, or to assist in the troubleshooting over the phone is I would get Onyx installed on there. That is um, it's just a great sort of all in one utility. We mention it here all the time. It can do lots of the things perhaps even all of the things that we might want to do to troubleshoot a problem uh so having that pre-installed on the system might make your life a little easier instead of having to walk someone through you know a um uh, you know downloading it and all of that stuff so onyx is one thing i would uh i would i would start with and honestly the second one would be malware bytes uh having something to search for malware on there would be uh, great. And you can, you can run it in free mode. That's fine. You don't necessarily need its scheduler. Um, but if you want to pay, I think it's like 15 bucks or something for at least a year or something of the schedule. So you could certainly do that, but, but even just having it there to run through, um, I would set up time machine on it and send her to school with some sort of backup drive. um, I would, as you suggested, Brad, I would create a test user account. If only just to have, you know, you can set it to auto log into her user account. doesn't need to be, you know, present and obvious all the time, but having that test user account set up sort of in the background, make sure it's an admin account. Make sure you both know the password. Don't forget it. Uh, Having that set up there can make troubleshooting easier down the road. And for a machine like that, uh, I would buy Apple care plus it's going off to school. It You know, you get the damage uh, involvement with Apple care plus plus, you know, the extended warranty that makes life easier if she's walking into an, you know, Apple store somewhere else, etc., etc. So those are kind of the universal things that I would do. John, what do you, what do you have on your universal list? Um, I'm going to toss
2: a few in here. So one um, you mentioned, you know, if you have to remotely help someone diagnose problems, uh, TeamViewer I think is great for that.
1: Yeah. Okay. I've had. To- or you could.
2: Or I suppose you could use. Uh, I mean, you can do screen sharing with messages, so that's that's another option, right? That,
1: yeah. That's you're you're right. I would here. My problem with TeamViewer is that after a certain amount of something, it decides that you are doing this for pay, and that you it will lock you out of the app unless you pay their for there their, i mean the price of team viewer for what you actually get with team viewer is is fair i suppose i mean they get to decide their price so of course it's fair uh but it's it's not it's not cheap it's like 50 bucks a month or something so for using it you know for family and friends kind of thing it it st- it like maybe that maybe it's not worth it if you're if you're supporting clients 50 bucks a month is easy money to spend if you're supporting family and friends for free it just stings a little bit to spend that 50 a month when like you said yeah messages with its screen sharing is actually way yeah. better I've
2: found that I still use it when my parents are having a problem <laughs> and I use it infrequently enough
1: where they they, they haven't. Get yeah, I, I I I encourage you to try the next time you have a problem. Try it with messages, man. It's so I think you and I did it with something once. And I mean, it's just so easy. It I frankly it, it works way better than TeamViewer because you don't have to install additional software, right? You're not you're not imposing that upon the person that you're helping. It's just like. Yep, let's get a messages thing going, and then I'll ask, and you can, you know, they have to approve you, of course, all that stuff, so, but yeah, all right, any other sort um, of, sort of table stakes kind of stuff?
2: Uh, Password manager? Ooh, you took mine. <sighs>
1: so again this is what i think
2: or you could use icloud keychain but that, i i like LastPass. i think you like one password but um but that, some see, this, form this of now, password manager yes yeah.
1: yes teaching i would but i would set up the built-in one again this is where yeah. that that imposing my preferences on you thing i think kicks in there is a perfectly adequate password manager built into mac os yeah. i would not I would not add one. I, you, you know, if someone says, "Well, I'm doing these other things," you might advise them, "Hey, you might really like one password mm-hmm. or something." And and if they want that, great. But I would not. I would not install that by default on everyone's machine. There was a day where I would, and that was before iCloud mm-hmm. Keychain existed. Yeah. Does Keychain? Right. Does Keychain? sync well oh, w- between the ios argu- and arguably iOS. syncs better i mean now oh, okay. with ios 12 yeah. password managers are all sort of given equal footing okay right but prior to ios 12 icloud keychain was was the the really the only functional way okay. to have a password manager sync to ios because because you okay. couldn't put extensions in safari prior to iOS all right i'm, 12. I'm just right. covering the topic okay um another one some form
2: of cloud storage whether it be Dropbox or OneDrive, whatever, or you could use, again, iCloud.
1: Right, so, so again, two things here, uh, you're right, some kind of cloud storage, but I would do iCloud Drive, stick in the Apple ecosystem, right? Also, she's going off to school, so she very likely will get, you know, some monster amount of storage via the school. Most schools now are giving kids, it's not Dropbox, it's usually Box.com or, or Microsoft mm-hmm. OneDrive. Um, uh, but yeah, again, I wouldn't install, I wouldn't impose a third party thing on him unless you absolutely have to. But like you said, with this, you've got iCloud and you can, I mean, storage is expensive with iCloud. So maybe it does make sense to, to go with, you know, right. something else. Um,
2: yeah. All right. Um, something to make a clone with. I don't think Apple's tools are sufficient. So carbon copy cloner.
1: Yeah, super
2: duper are not, the two that yeah. One uh, of most two, people yeah. like
1: i'll give you i'll give you that as table stakes yeah it, it, having a clone of the machine it, when things when everything hits the fan is yeah that that's table stakes i'll, I'll give you that yep yep yeah. for sure all right <clears throat> um in addition to malware bytes um i would suggest uh
2: it's not as much of a problem on the uh on the mac as it is on the pc but uh any virus like clam xav i like Because I've actually had it step in, like sometimes, you know, I'll get something that's obviously meant to infect me and they do a good job of blocking that. You know, like I got an invoice the other day at my Mac Observer email. They're like, here's your invoice for whatever. And I'm like, yeah, right. (laughs) It was an
1: infected uh, document. Sure. Um, And for diagnostics... Well, hey, hang on. Are we, some... are, it sounds like right. we're we're tipping into that personal preference realm. So, Pete, what do you did you well, have something on yeah. the table stakes side of yeah. things? The universal right. advice? Yeah.
0: I, I think, arguably, it, yes, which is set app, huh? Because it offers so many a wide variety of utilities. Now, it is subscription. Right, and it's, I think it's nine ninety five a month.
1: It's, yeah, ten bucks a month or yeah. or somewhere thereabouts. But yep.
0: it offers you know from Matt cleaner and a mail client and so many utilities that that bound to be two or three in there that you're going to use that are that are key. Again, essential. Yeah, <laughs> no, you can get by without it. But yeah. boy, there's some really nice things in there.
1: That's an but, interesting one. Yeah, does that become? Is that I yeah, I I would put that I would put that as a very high priority on the next. On the on the next not, not list. Yeah. yeah, but it it like it's so it's close though. Yeah. Right? I mean it's you know, you know it's, it's not it's, as important as a clone. No. Right. Right. But no. but but will potentially save someone a lot of money sure. down the road. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's got things, you know, Mac hacks like bartender and that sort of thing. And clean my Mac, which I think is some people have had a Oh. bad experiences i've heard with it. oh that. no clean my mac's been great for I me. i love clean my mac yep. it cleans same. out gigabytes of junk same um, yeah uh, you know yeah and has, that would be another one to yeah. to you know to put on that yeah I, uh, boom yeah. 3ds in there which is a sound enhancer for uh-huh. your laptop uh-huh. um, uh, uh canary mail i haven't tried yet but yeah I, yeah I, I,
1: you know no um, they, they they curate that list very well it's yeah. true that's true you know, All right. So tipping into the personal preference realm, we've we've kind of hit a few of those, I think, already Um, for a college computer. I wouldn't recommend this because she will probably get a subscription to Microsoft Office from the school. But if you don't have, have a subscription to Office and you are living in a world where you might need to deal with Word and Excel documents on a semi regular basis, certainly pages and numbers can do that. But I find that LibreOffice is a much better experience. It is it is certainly the best of the open office clones for the Mac. And uh, it's freely available. It will open and natively deal with Word and Excel documents. So you're not having to do like a save as like you always are with pages and dealing with a conversion from, you know, Word or Excel to pages or numbers and then back This is natively dealing with Word and Excel documents uh, without paying for Microsoft Office. So I I highly recommend that if she wouldn't naturally have Microsoft Office, that would that would definitely be one. Uh, You know, I I like Bartender uh, to manage my menu bar. I personally I wind up installing a lot of crap in my menu bar and I only need some of it to appear all of the time and then and bartender sort of lets you pick and choose uh what appears all the time versus what only appears when you want it to appear uh and then uh you know it, right along those lines is iStat menus i like to see what's going on with my mac i realize that we're geeks here at mac Geek Gab, and so maybe not everybody wants that stuff but uh but i like it and maybe it that because I like istat menus so much, perhaps that's my reason for needing bartender to keep my menu bar clear. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there you go. So those those would be those would be three of mine sort of that might be you know not they're not universal, but might be applicable to lots of people. What else you got, Mr. Braun?
2: Uh, a couple for uh, general troubleshooting, okay. Um, hardware growler. I like, it'll tell you when disks mount, yeah. disks dismount, uh, devices connect, devices disconnect. Um, and the one thing I find interesting with it is it, it'll show you when secret updates are happening. Because certain programs like Dropbox and others, they'll kind of in the background do something without really telling you that they are. Yep, okay. So uh, And the uh, Dabuki tools to uh, tell you what's happening with your wireless
1: oh nice yeah 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 okay all right what else you got pete i mean i know we've like Uh, i said i know we've sort of already tipped our toes in this water but anything left
0: um no that's i was gonna say like something like screen sharing menu lit but you can do that through messages yeah right
1: right um as uh as brian monroe in our chat room at mackie slash stream says uh in his opinion, and Brian is a, a revered and respected consultant throughout the Bay Area in San Francisco, he says it's much better to keep it clean to start and then add in any of these third party solutions later. And I I think that is that is sage advice. Stick with the basics that you can get by with and, and maybe just, you know, it, it, I mean. In the case of your daughter, you, you know, you're living with her until she goes off to school. So you can sort of have these conversations naturally. If you are a, a consultant or advising someone, you can sort of, you know, give them the 30 second rundown of, hey, here's some other things that we could add down the road. If you're interested, that sort of thing. So, yeah, thank you, Brad. Oh, and actually there was one that was thrown in uh, by someone in the chat room. I'm not sure who, but it's called uh, it's a book. Called "This Is the Light Side: The Mac Edition" by Edward Eisen. Uh, it's available on Apple Books, so you don't need any third-party stuff. It's ninety-nine cents, and it looks to be uh, it, it's sort of a, a book to get started with the Mac. Uh, a must-read for Mac new for new Mac owners is what one of the reviews says. So there you go. Maybe that's a maybe that's a nice way to kind of let somebody do some self exploration uh, with that sort of thing. Thank you. It was Brian Monroe that tossed that in. So thank you very much. Good stuff. We will put it in the show notes. In fact, it's already there. So Coolio. All right, uh, John, you had a question on Twitter, and I am going to talk about our first sponsor first, and then okay. we'll go to your Twitter thing. But the, our first sponsor is as i mentioned text expander that would also be an app that for me i would put uh, on a mac when installing and i would highly encourage others to do the same because text expander saves me so much time i'm a i'm an efficiency maniac i'm an impatient person and i'm obsessed with getting things accurate those three things generally don't go too well together But with Text Expander, they go perfectly together because all of those things that you write over and over again, those things you know that you've done this. You go into your sent mailbox to look for something that you wrote to the last person that asked you a similar question, right? And you're digging through your sent box. You're like, oh, cool, I found it. Copy, paste. Now you got to remove all of the. Forwarding that wants to be there because invariably it's baked in, and you've got some weird, you know, formatting and all that stuff, and then you got to go through and you know change it because you might have you know written somebody's name in there, and that is a tedious process. And then when you're finished, you got to read it again because you got to make sure you got it right for this person. Well. Here's the deal. You write it once. You put it into text expander. You proofread it there. You make sure it's exactly what you want. You can tweak it over time. And now when that question is asked, boom, you put it in there. I have directions to my house in text expander. I've got like my address. I've got my phone number. I have customer service responses for the businesses. I've got sales inquiry responses for the businesses. They're all just right there in text expander and I can invoke them and send them from any of my devices without ever proofreading. This is amazing. When somebody asks, hey, I want in- information on this. I, I can do this even on my phone because Text Expander has a keyboard. I just invoke it and boom, the response is there. I hit send. I don't have to read it because I know it's right. This is what you want. And because you're a listener to this show, you get 20% off your first year. Visit TextExpander.com slash podcast to learn more. Our thanks to TextExpander at TextExpander.com slash podcast for sponsoring this episode. All right, Mr. Braun, on to you. All right. So I got a tweet from my
2: buddy, uh, Todd McCann, who uh, uh, one thing he does, he's kind of like Pilot Pete, but instead of being a pilot, he's a trucker and he does a podcast called Trucker Dump. So you may want to check that out if you want to learn about trucking. But anyways, he tweeted me a question. Can a virus slash malware in Windows running in boot camp or parallels infect the Mac OS side? The opinions I'm seeing online seem to be all over the map. So I broke out the Google foo and um, he actually complimented me on my mad skills. But um, I went to the parallel support forms and someone asked the question pretty much to that effect. And um, the answer from Parallel Support is that if sharing is enabled, so this is the feature within Parallels, I'm not sure about Bootcamp, Dave, maybe you could shed okay. some light on that once I'm done here. But anyways, so their answer is if sharing is enabled, then your Mac files are visible from the Windows side. And if it's visible, it can be accessed by Windows applications, including malware. Unfortunately, if you isolate Windows, then application sharing will not work. You need to have an anti-malware on the Windows side for better protection. So that's that's the answer.
1: Yeah. And the same would be true with, um, with Boot Camp, because if your Mac files are available to any piece of software that's running, it is susceptible to whatever that software can do. Now, Apple does it and just like with Parallels, like, Full disk access uh, security can help here, right? Because unless you give Parallels full disk access, it can't see all of the files on your Mac. So, And it certainly can't write to them. So there might be some security protections. Uh, This was, you know, this Parallels thread, I think, was like a year old, right? And so maybe doesn't reflect what Mojave can do in this regard because that, you know, level of security has increased. I haven't, I haven't messed with parallels in in this capacity with Mojave to see like what exactly it can do. But, but, uh, but, assume yes. If you're running Windows in any capacity, I would run antivirus software for sure. Long before you would feel the need to run it on the Mac. I don't. I run anti malware stuff as I mentioned earlier. I don't run antivirus software thus far. I have not regretted that decision. The day may come when I do. That's fine thus far i have not on every windows machine i have i run antivirus software Ta- that's table stakes so oh yeah
2: okay and on both my vms and um on the mac side i i run clam av because okay there you go yeah again not as much of a threat um though i'd like running it every now especially uh yeah so it'll find like email with the it'll get to the point of like finding email with weird HTML stuff happening in
1: it. Yep. Yep. All so. right. Cool. Cool well, the answer. There's Thanks the answer. God. That's great. No, it's good. I like this. This is good. We're staying on the rails. It's amazing. I don't. I don't know how long we will I stay here. That. Thanks for coming, <laughs> Pete. <laughs> uh, all right, we have some tips from previous episodes, starting with one from listener John. Uh who caught something which is awesome in the last episode we said that you could you could set a fixed amount of minimum payment when this is talking about the apple card and i was saying how i like with all of my credit cards i just go in and i configure every one of them to do an auto payment of the minimum payment five days before the payment date nine times out of ten maybe even more often than that i get there in time i process my monthly bills in time To, you know, pay everything off or do whatever I'm going to do, whether I'm if I'm going to carry a balance, like, you know, there's some intent. But if I miss it because I'm traveling or busy or whatever, I want to make sure I don't have a late payment. So I just go in and set them all to minimum with Apple card. It did not seem I did not see that that was possible. Thankfully, listener John to the rescue, he says. uh, Not five minutes ago, I set up my Apple card to monthly play monthly pay the minimum. I like you, I like doing that just in case I forget to pay, which is unlikely, and it's very easy to do. You go in, you set up a payment, go into the fixed amount choice, and using the slider or the scroller, slide all the way down to the smallest payment, which now says, it it doesn't have a dollar amount, it has the word minimum. Now I'm covered just in case for some odd reason I don't pay off the balance ahead of time perfect and i it, he's totally right i did this it, it, it takes all of about four seconds and now i'm covered on the 31st of every month or the, the whatever whatever day it's due it will pay my minimum if i haven't taken care of that already which is great arguably even better than most of my cards which will auto pay the minimum even if i've queued up a payment for the entire amount it like overpays me by the minimum which is fine it just rolls forward to the next month it's no big deal for for the way i do things here but yeah John, you found something about the Apple Card too.
2: Well, it looks like they fixed a transient. So, the end of the month is an exciting time for the Apple Card because that's when what I'll call your statement closing date is. Sure. So, um, and until that point, you know, I wanted to schedule my payment um, today um, or September 1st. So, you know, one in the morning, I check out the screen and it's like, yep, thanks for scheduling your payment. And I'm like, I didn't schedule a payment, so um, I went into the app, called them up because what else are you going to do at one in the morning? Sure. And uh, of course, they're there twenty four seven. And right. I spoke to someone, and and she was, and I'm like, yeah, what's um, yeah, what's going on here? She's like, yeah, hold on, uh, I'll be right back. And she's like, uh, yeah, there's there's a a bug. Like, oh, um, interesting. You know, we, uh, there's some issue with the with the UI, or um, so ignore that message and um. You know, just hang on and, you know, try tomorrow morning when you wake up. And uh, sure enough, about um, five in the morning, I got an email from Apple Card Support saying, hey, your statement's ready. Nice. And uh, now if I look uh, where it asks for the payment, it's like, yep, your payment's through September 30th, which it should be for most of us. Huh. Um, Interesting. Interesting. And I've tied in the account that I use to pay all my other bills. So I'm going to schedule that. Uh, so I'm going to schedule that soon. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun. All right. And you noticed something. I don't, I don't know if you want you,
1: you you had a chat with them about did they resolve your issue? What was my issue? You're right. I I remember texting you something about a chat I had with them. Uh they they were it it I don't know. I had to ask them something and uh and they immediately said we will uh we will put you on with Goldman Sachs. But unlike I've heard some other people who have said, like, who have asked, am I on with Apple or am I on with Goldman Sachs? And, you know, the answer was this very sort of nebulous. I'm on the Apple card team. It's like, yeah, but what company do you work for uh, now? They I s- did that. <laughs> you, it was you. Okay. I <laughs> just thought it be was a, you. Just, just to be a pain. Yeah. It was like, are you an Apple employee or a Goldman Sachs employee? No, no they, they, being they kind said. Of evasive. That, well,
2: I, yes.
0: Yes, I, we are.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I had asked a question. I had. Oh, and this is actually a good little quick tip for everybody. You know, John, you had said that Uber. Uh, gives you 3%. And so I put my Apple card into Uber and I only got 1%. And so I wanted to ask. And the first thing they said to me was, I can help with that, but let me connect you with an Apple card specialist at Goldman Sachs. So they were very clear about this transition was going to happen. And they explained to me, that you only get the Uber 3% benefit if you use Apple Pay via Uber, which I've always found to be a bit of a clunky experience because at the moment that I'm trying to request an Uber, now I'm doing an Apple Pay face ID disaster, which is, I mean, look, it's all fine. But when you're in the moment, you're trying to get this car, you you know, you're standing on the curb of an airport. It's like, I don't want to do that. And and I've I've been there before. So when when I heard you could do this with your Apple Card, I just put the number of my Apple Card directly into the Uber app, so that I would be sure. So I could just it default. Good. Okay. This is great. I get off. I request. Like there's no extra friction in the process because I've already put my card in. Well turns out when you do it that way you only get one percent as you all as you do with everything where the card number is used so for uber <sighs> to work with apple pay you got to go through for uber to work with three percent bonus you've got to go through apple pay and so that's the price to pay so okay good to know FYI, right, yep, right another thing
2: i noticed is that so they mentioned the three percent for apple stuff that's yeah. only if you buy it from apple
1: right you had mentioned that last last episode that's right Okay. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yep yep Yeah. And and probably only if you use Apple Pay, I think all of those bonuses sort of the 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 gateway to them is paying with Apple Pay, not just using your Apple card. Clearly. Right. You know,
0: I'll tell you, though, if you do the math, you save 30 cents on a 15 dollar
1: Uber fee right so it's just not worth it's it. just no it's not worth the <laughs> headache no, no. Take the one
0: percent vice the
1: three you know? correct well okay. I, really it's better for me if i just go back to using my my hotel points card and and mound them up yeah. there yeah, right. yeah yeah it's right. a it's a better it's a better deal in the end yep and this was actually somebody else was paying the the uber i was just paying the tip so it was oh, more just yeah. to yeah 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 so yeah all anyway. right so
2: they're uh they're evolving they're, yes uh, of course yeah they're doing good I'm, yeah I'm it's happy. Fine. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's like
0: the original Apple Maps, you know, the the icon showed the car driving off the bridge. Yeah. it has gone now.
1: They're evolving. They're They're evolving. It's getting better. (laughs) That's right. All right. Uh, Ed has a tip. He says, I wanted to respond to episode 775. Where you talked about not worrying about encrypting a desktop hard drive versus a laptop device because you're not taking the desktop with you. That was that was my argument for not adding encryption necessarily, whereas on a laptop I always would. I says one situation that I was thinking of is if you ever need to take your desktop Mac in for repair or service, if you haven't yet encrypted your drive beforehand, you're pretty much handing over everything unencrypted during that time to get your machine repaired. While it might not be a common scenario, at that point it may well be too late to go back and enable File Vault on a non-functioning desktop Mac when you're in the scenario of having to take it in for repairs. And you're totally right, Edmund. Uh, absolutely, this is like no question. That that's a that's great advice. What's it? What? And so so you know, factor that in. Will I start encrypting all my desktops? Uh, maybe. Honestly, maybe. That's not a bad point file um, well, vault is so seamless it's it, that's nice. the thing is like it's, it's why not so good yeah. well so here's the thing though um I, i'm not ready to give my full review so i'm not even going to uh begin that part but earlier this week i got only for as a loaner i have to send it back uh a one of the new macbook pro the the lower end units but they that they revved this spring mm-hmm. with, that has the Uh, It's got the four core i5 in it. And it's, you know, it's only $200 more than the MacBook Air. And it's got the touch bar. And so I started thinking, wow, if I had this decision to make over again, you know, the one that I made in December, do I, you know, I need a new Mac laptop. It doesn't need to be my my daily driver. Which one do I get? And I was sort of deciding between the Air and the Pro. At the time, the Air was the obvious choice. Mm -hmm. Now, with this Rev... For just $200, yes, it's 20% more, but it's only 200 bucks. You know, you get per- perhaps double the processor. Does it make a difference? So it is under that umbrella that that I reached out to Apple and they, they provided us with a review unit to mess with. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to answer the question yet um, because there's a couple other tests that I need to do. But... I figured I had an opportunity here because my MacBook Air, even though it's only six months old, suffers from the double keystroke issue uh, on the butterfly keyboard, which I think they all will eventually. So I thought, well, perfect. I'll send it in. So I got online with Apple and they sent me a box to ship it to the depot to take care of this. And I after reading Ed's thing, I was earlier this week, I was like, well, um. You know, I cloned this over, I cloned my Air over with Migration Assistant over to the um, to the MacBook Pro so that I could truly have an apples to apples, no pun intended. Comparison. Great. No problem. Uh, that was easy. I have the same installation over there. But when the Air comes back, I'm going to clone back to it. I'm not going to just go with what it had and right. deal with, you know, re-updating whatever updates I did on this Pro. And I thought, well, then I should just wipe the drive before I send it in. Because I'm going to wipe it when sure. it comes back. Might as well do it now. No problem. Command R to get into recovery mode, which I am certain I've done before because that is how I turned off the the external boot drive limitation. And let me tell you in advance, I'm really glad I turned that off because. Command R would not launch recovery mode on that computer. Uh. Now that it's they say that maybe because of the keyboard doing its repeat magic possibly sure uh but internet recovery won't work on it either now i i've only spent about 30 minutes fighting this particular battle so far because i'm tempted to just send it in and tell apple while you have it wipe the drive please there's a there's another problem that you now have to fix yeah but it's awfully disconcerting that I, like I hold down command R and it says starting internet recovery. This might take a while. And then it goes all the way through. And I think I get an error negative 9,004 F or something in the end. Oh oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, dude, (laughs) with, with a link to Apple support or something. Right. So I don't, I don't know how far I'm going to beat on this because one way or another on Tuesday, I'm shipping this, um, you know, this box is going to FedEx. So, um, yeah, how, yeah. Much, how much of your personal time is this worth correct it becomes, well yeah. it's you know oh. can I, like this is a troubleshooting thing so at some level it's you know it's good for the show for me to have experience with this but yeah but but i i feel well, like i'm beating my head against the wall is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at some point i guess but, i'm uh, gonna try booting from a usb stick there you, hmm. go. Okay. you know be, but yeah. the only reason i can do that is because in the past, I went into the, the and I can't even remember the name of it now, but the the little utility that's only available in recovery mode and Created l- lets you change bootable. the default. No, you the, by default oh. on all the T2 Macs, you cannot boot from an external device because that's a security risk. I turned that off because I knew as a troubleshooting measure, I was willing to accept that security risk sure. in exchange for the ability to boot from uh, an external device. Uh, disc wow yeah. yeah so brian monroe in the chat room is-, is saying he got the same error at a client's place cool i'm glad to know i'm mm-hmm. not alone so that's good yeah
2: go ahead also it was whenever a drive gets out of my control i erase it
1: well that's Whether what i'm trying to do here yeah 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 yeah
2: i know no even drives not. that have failed so our town uh, will accept electronics for uh they claim it's recycling but uh whenever i have a drive even if it's a drive that has like bad blocks and stuff i'll do a secure erase at least for a rotational drive and then for an ssd i guess yeah you would just do an erase yeah after previously enabling yeah that's a huh
1: i know no, warren, I warren in the chat room reminded me reminded us that that is called the secure boot manager and it is accessible from recovery mode so um again i'm really glad i did this man it's just frustrating Yeah. Um, So, okay. Yeah. Brian Monroe said he ran into the same thing. He said, but um, the computer was going to e-waste. So uh, it didn't really matter. So there you go. Okay. Mine hopefully is not going to e-waste, but maybe Apple will decide to replace the SSD and all of this is moot. It will come back blank anyway. Which is also fine. They did ask me, do you have a backup? And I was like, of course. They said, we would have expected nothing less from you, Mr. Hamilton. Like, well, you know, it's kind of how I roll. You know,
0: I can't imagine, though, in this day and age still, how many people have unencrypted drives going to e-waste. And uh, (sighs) many years ago, I had a friend in Miami area who bought used computers from companies. Sure. He said, the amount of data on there. He goes, thank God for them i'm an honest person right that, oh you know, the, the data that gets left on there from for personal sure. and corporate secrets to- yep yeah
1: well
2: here's here's another one a friend of mine recently had this happen um not only your drives should you uh secure or erase um a friend of mine started getting uh bills from a credit card he never applied for and my guess is that he uh, disposed of uh, a credit card offer, but did not shred it. So shred mm-hmm. your paper and mail for anything that has to do with finances, folks. C-
0: can I offer a quick tip there?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. It used to cost money; it's
0: free now. Yes. Freeze your credit. Just freeze your credit. Yep. And you can unfreeze it as needed with a pin. Right. Right. I, all my credit is frozen anymore. Yep. It just no one can get a. Cred- so you, you just do it. You do it, you
1: do it with online directly. Do it online with Equifax.
0: E- uh, uh, Experian yep. and we'll the, other one, the other one with transunion transunion right yeah. okay there's actually so, a fourth one out there now which still isn't big enough to be a problem I don't think but uh, yeah it used to cost ten dollars to freeze it ten dollars to unfreeze it unless you were a victim the law changed this year it's free to uh freeze it it's free to unfreeze it you can unfreeze it temporarily if you're going to get a car loan or a new credit card or something like that right but else if someone sends you a offer in the mail and you throw it away, and someone decides to fill it out. It can't get a card in your name because they won't approve credit without running a check. Right.
1: We will. Um, yeah. We will put links because this is all. As Pete points out, this is you are able to do this for free. Um, we will find and put links to. Yeah, let me see if the, I, can, the, I see these you doing in, see if the, I can in the in the it. show notes. Yeah, we will get those out before the show goes out. Just just so that it, you have an easy place to go. And of course, if you want to get the show, you can always find the show notes at MacGeekGeb.com. No problem. You just choose the episode, they're right there. If you want the show notes to be delivered hand delivered, well, sort of to you via email every week in your inbox so you don't have to think about going to get them and then you can just get all the links that we do here go visit macgeekgab.com and sign in i realize this is a little bit of chicken and egg you've got to remember to go to macgeekgab.com to sign up so that you don't have to go to macgeekgab.com to get the show notes later but trust me that one trip will save you because now you get links to all of that we've got some cool stuff found showing up here and uh you know so uh you'll want links to all of that good stuff and this is how we get there
2: Cool. Yeah, and it kind of varies. Uh, the, the Apple card, actually, if you bring it up, has an uh, option to lock the card. Um, yes. But not all cards offer that through wallet. I think some do through their apps also. Sure. So that's another thing. Sure. If you think your card's been compromised or you lose your physical yep. card. Yep.
0: yep. Yep. We'll circle back briefly with one other thing, though. Use something like 1Password, LastPass, iCloud Keychain to keep your PIN. It's very difficult to unfreeze your report without your PIN. Yes. Oh. Yes. That is true. Yes. Yeah. You know, without that like, PIN, like, you're yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. Without, it's kind of like your uh, key to your, your uh, file vault. If you lose right your password, if you've got that key, you can un unencrypt. Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, great moving on. Actually, we, I, as I mentioned, we have a ton of cool stuff found to go with. I want to take a minute before we do that and talk about Linode at L I N O D E.com slash M G G, which is our next sponsor here. Linode is offering you $20. Mac geek Hub listener. That's all you need to be. Go to Linode.com slash M G G promo code M G G two zero one nine. That gets you $20 of credit. Linode is the place where you can go to spin up a server and you could have a server spin up spun up, spin up, spun up before I finish talking about this. It goes so, so quickly. And here's the cool part. You can spin up a server that just gets you to a command line if that's your thing. And that's totally fine. Like that's great. But also, if you just want to spin up a server that say has WordPress, you know, that's what you're gonna use it for. They their cloud manager there lets you spin that up and you don't ever have to see the command line you don't ever have to install php or MySQL or wordpress or any of it they take care of that for you because they've got these auto configuration things you'd still be done before i finish the ad read like it's it's that fast it's that convenient and it's not just wordpress you can set up a vpn you can set up a minecraft server there's there's tons of these things that they've pre-configured for you 100% of their servers Featured native SSD storage. This makes them fast. Even the low end one is super fast because it's on these fast SSDs. And I mentioned the low end one it starts at just five bucks a month for their nanode which is their lowest cost server. That means you could get four months for free because I just told you how to get $20 credit. So go get your $20 credit. Go to Linode, L I N O D E dot com slash MGG. Use promo code MGG2019 for 20 bucks. Our thanks to Linode for sponsoring this episode. Okay, now it is time to talk about some cool stuff found. And we will do uh, Felipe first. Felipe says, if I can find, where is that app that I put all this? Where did it happen to Evernote? Oh, the icon changed. I'm still looking for a green icon and it's a white icon. So anyway, uh, Felipe says, I'm not sure if oh yeah, we were talking in the last episode about um listener Mike was looking I'm sorry, listener Matt was looking for a way to have his clipboard manager act like a stack, right where it it when you when you pop things off of it, they were removed and so. Felipe found something close. He says, I, an app I've used in the past called Copy Paste Pro by Plum Amazing has a feature called Clip Revolver that pastes, deletes and moves on to the next one, as well as some other features that might bring back some of the functionality that listener Matt was looking for. He says, I've switched since uh, and I'm using PasteBot, which also has sequential paste feature, which I have had the occasion to use. So thank you for uh, thank you for that. That's great, Felipe. Maybe that maybe that does solve it for matter. At least gets him a little bit closer than he was prior. All right. Um, Ralph. Oh, this is great. It's not just Ralph. It's Ralph and Will. And so many of you chimed in. Uh, We were talking about Mike's problem last week where he had a, a person he was supporting that wants to run Windows but wants the boot manager to come up every single time. and uh, he mentioned an app called refit, which is no longer being maintained. Well, Roderick Smith created refined boot manager at rodsbooks.com/ refine of course we'll put a link in the show notes. It's the spiritual successor, as Ralph says it, uh, to refit and works wonderfully. He says I use it to boot regularly into OS 10, Windows 10, Arch Linux, and Ubuntu. It's highly configurable, but after installation, it automatically scans which OSs you have on your various partitions, thumb drives, and/or CD, CD, DVD drives, and presents a menu upon reboot uh, that shows your installed operating systems. You can fig- you can configure it to boot by- to one of them by default, or to just give you the menu. So I think that's the answer. So many of you wrote in with this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. This is what I love about doing this show. It really is. The interaction is what keeps us going. So yeah, very cool. Um, any thoughts on any of this before we, uh, before we move on? No. Okay. Uh, we talked about Allison's th- uh, potentially thermal issues or uh, she was having or is having, I guess issues where her CPU slows down. She's written a big, long blog post about it, which we will put out there. In fact, I recorded a segment with her to play into this week's episode. And it was about halfway through her adventures. uh, And she realized that it was all wrong. Uh, The the solution she had at the moment, the working theory turned out to be uh, unprovable and unrepeatable. So, uh, so she moved on and, and there's other stuff. So we'll link to her blog post about it. But, uh, In a general sense, listener Javier says, I was listening and uh, he says, I may have an answer. I've watched many, many videos on YouTube where they compare the processor speed and other benchmarks of a CPU in a given Mac versus other machines running with the exact same CPU. The consensus among many of these experts is that most Macs suffer, suffer from a poor thermal curve for two reasons. One, The quest to make Macs ever slimmer means less space for cooling. Second, apparently the quality of the thermal paste Apple applies to their Macs in the factory. Uh, A YouTuber called Quinn actually did a teardown of a 2018 Mac mini and found that the CPU would thermal throttle itself very quickly, ramping down to a lower clock speed just a couple of minutes after reaching full load. But after he replaced the thermal paste on the CPU, Something that is not for the faint of heart, uh, Javier says, uh, uh, with Arctic silver, which is evidently some super hooptie uh, thermal paste, it allowed the Mini to reach maximum clock speed and stay there pretty much indefinitely during all of his tests. This was interesting to me because I own precisely this computer and have been toying with the idea of performing this very particular hack. I hope this helps. Thanks, Javier. Yeah, that's it. it very interesting i think allison's problem is battery related uh as it turns out but but until she gets the battery replaced we won't really know for sure so her trials continue but uh thank you for the discussion javier that's great awesome cool fun it's always fun thoughts john well to continue this discussion
2: um i'll bring up another option here and speaking of interaction dave i actually Posted a link to this in uh, in our forums, which well, you can find at uh gosh, where is that? www.geekcap.com slash forms.
1: That's that'll get you there. Yeah, we've got we've got all the redirects you ever would need, and that's one <laughs> of them. Yep. So yeah, I haven't heard back. Um
2: I, I posted in the thread and I, I don't know if Allison's tried this or not, but uh my thought process was I wonder if Turbo Boost is disabled for whatever bizarre reason on her machine. Sure, because you can disable it Uh, on the PC. It's a little more straightforward and that you typically go into the BIOS and, uh, you know, which lets you configure various aspects of the machine. And on a lot of PCs, you can say, I don't want to have turbo boost. Now, why you wouldn't want to is another question. I mean, well, you know, I mean, battery life, uh, temperature. um, So I did did a little surfing and I found something, Dave, called turbo boost switcher. Which does exactly what it says it does is that it can disable turbo boost, and it also has tools that'll show CPU load, temperature, fans, battery, so you can kind of diagnose the problem. Huh? That's cool. Yeah. The other thing I was suggesting that they that they do have a tool though, it's only on Windows called um, I think it's Turbo Boost Monitor, um, and I was like, huh, let me see if that'll work. Unfortunately, I, I tried running it in Parallels and. Parallels virtualization um, apparently doesn't let that Intel program see um, the Turbo Boost feature because I guess oh, they virtualize the processor.
1: Right, 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 right. They do for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course.
2: Yeah, because yeah, I thought that would be another one. Is like you know because that tool will let you see when Turbo Boost is switching on and switching off. So, yeah, uh, interesting. So check out this tool if you uh. For whatever reason, if you uh, have concerns about uh, what Turbo Boost is doing on your machine, cool. I, I don't, I, I'm just wondering if it somehow got disabled on our machine. I mean, I don't know how it would happen unless you ran this program. But
1: right, right, know. right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I like it. Hey, while we're at it, on the cool stuff found here, John, you have you have another one. You you found a a health related item.
2: Yeah, believe it or not. Um, yeah, I think I picked it up. So they had a deal where if you went to Whole Foods and you bought like $10 worth of stuff, which uh, it, it, it's really hard to do that at uh, Whole Foods.
1: <laughs> I thought that was just the cost of, I thought that was the cover charge, yeah, man.
2: Yeah. Um, but at the point, I had a, a Prime membership. And uh, yeah, I think it was part of Prime. I got a Prime membership. What did you get, MX. John? what I got, Dave, it was, I think it was during Prime Day. So I had some credit and it was Prime Day, so it was on sale, but I got something from uh how, how do you put it? UFI or UFI. UFI, which is which is for
1: Anchor's brand.
2: Yeah. Um the Smart Scale P1. Nice. Okay. Um what does it do? Yeah, but well it came up um pre-show. Um you had, had uh speculated that uh I, I didn't have enough water. Um, or, and I, I got some water in front of me now, so yeah. hopefully everything's cool with that. But um, here's the neat thing about it. So not only is it a scale that shows your weight, but they have a smart app um, which you run on iOS and it will talk to the scale. And the thing is not only does it measure your weight, but it measures like 13, 14 different things. Huh. Um, or 13 things outside of your weight so bmi body fat but water and the thing is yes my water is low according to this program but muscle mass bone mass all sorts of things and it also uh, integrates with health which is, is kind of uh, so the oh that's great figures that it has that health knows about it will push them into the uh, the health app that's freaking phone. awesome so uh,
1: and it's it's less than 50 bucks it's like 45 bucks amazon prime get it tomorrow and with
2: all the credits I have, I got it for for way less. Yeah, I got it for like twenty something. Um, huh. So it um, I mean for the for all the all it does, I think it's pretty cool. I replaced. I, I had another scale that did something similar, but it didn't. It didn't measure nearly the, this number of uh, uh, parameters. Yeah. Right. 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 Um. And we got a question in the chat room. Um. It's Bluetooth. Um. I see a little a little Bluetooth icon actually comes up on the display. OK, so you didn't connect
1: it to your Wi-Fi. It, you
2: just this is just Bluetooth. that's not how it works. So you got to run you run the app. Um, okay. So you got to be, you know, within Bluetooth range of the scale. You run sure. the app and then it sucks the data out of the. Uh,
1: and It looks like you can do like it's got like 16 users and all that. That's pretty cool, man. Huh? Yeah. Well, guess so what? I just one? ordered one. There you go. Great. I did. Yep. I had, uh, I, I've, I don't think I've ever placed an Amazon order during the show, but they said it'd be here tomorrow if I uh, ordered within the next 26 minutes. So, you know, so I ordered within the next 26 minutes. I did it right now. That's pretty cool, man. Very cool. And Pete's back, which is good. Or Pete's almost back. Pete had a emergency. There you go, but that's okay. All good. It, it, uh, an urgency. I don't want to say an emergency. It's all good. He's, here. He's back. All right, cool. Uh, moving on our cool stuff found, I actually have three of them, uh, in, in a roundup that I have been doing, you know, this power delivery world that we live in is pretty darn cool. And honestly, you know, one of the coolest parts about it is how easy it makes it for us to have an external battery for our laptops. Now I know, I mean, today's Mac laptops run, you know, pretty I mean, they run like 10 hours or something, you know, under normal usage. So doesn't take, it, it, it's not normal that I'm like at the, at the bottom, but to have a battery that could charge my phone, my iPad, my watch, and, or my laptop is a really nice thing to be able to carry with me. So I've found three and I've tested three. They all cost the same thing at Amazon. They're ninety nine, uh, as of the moment that we're doing this. So feature wise, uh, I've tested the Anchor Power Core Speed 20,000. I've tested the Life Proof Power Pack 20. And I've tested the MyCharge Portable Charger Power Bank Razer Extreme. Again, they're all 99 9999 on Amazon or wherever you're going to get them. The uh, The first two, the Anchor and the Life Active, are 20,000 milliamp hour batteries, as might be evidenced by their name. The MyCharge is actually a 26,800 milliamp hours, so quite a bit more uh, in terms of, of juice. The MyCharge is also different in that it has two USB-A and one USB-C port on it, whereas the other two only have one of each. So if you want one with two USB-A ports, they all have a USB-C port, and that is used for charging the power bank as well as output charge you know power to either your laptop or your phone or your iPad if you're charging via you know a, a USB-C port the anchor uh weight wise I feel like the anchor is the lightest of these three and that can matter for sure uh it's got a nice little form factor it's it's not quite as bulky the life active one is really like the life proof one the, the brand is life active or their their sub brand is life active it It feels like life active like this thing feels like it would it would suffer, uh, you know, quite a bit of impact to it. I wouldn't necessarily want to test impacting a lithium ion battery, folks, but they say it's waterproof, drop proof, dirt proof and snow proof. So that part's cool. The other part that's cool about the life proof one, John, is it has a series of or it has LEDs on the front of it. The LEDs can either be bright white, dim white or bright red. And red, you know, is really nice if you're needing a light, say, in a tent or even in a dark hotel room. Red doesn't tend to burn your eyes quite as much uh, when you are going from pitch black to not pitch black. Uh, So, like, I've used it in a hotel room when, uh, you know, I put it next to the bed. And if I need to get up and go pee in the middle of the night, I don't quite know the, you know, I don't have the, 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 the path yeah and so i use the the little red thing and that lights up the room enough Hmm. without you know like actually starting to wake me up so pete you say you use your watch for that yeah there's a flashlight in your watch yeah
0: which is really cool and there is a red one in there uh, nice which is uh the advantage to that is it doesn't destroy your night vision right exactly yeah yeah the the red light yeah the the red light doesn't destroy yeah
1: so these so that one's pretty cool um and, and they all work really well. I, I've tested them all either way and uh, handy little things. The, the, my charge one is a metal, it, it feels the form factor feels very Apple like it's, it's that brushed, you know, aluminum or whatever it is, but, uh, but you know, they all work really well. And it again, for a hundred bucks to have something that, you know, would give your laptop quite a boost is a really handy thing to have. Uh, so there you go. So I share, John, you had a question.
2: Oh, or just, just a comment is that the red light would also come in handy if you're backstage. I remember this from my, uh, stage days when they put red gels over the lights so you wouldn't annoy everybody. Got it. Interesting. Interesting. You you must run into that all the time.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, well, but see that has changed. I, I much, many lights backstage and in, and on stage are, um, are LEDs now. Right, so the color colors are just built into them. The colors change much faster than than gels that had to actually be you know manually rotated, mechanically rotated, um, mm. and they're way cooler. Right, so not only does that mean they use less energy, but they also cook you much less when you're you know under one mm-hmm. on stage. That being said, there LEDs are great. There are times when incandescent lights are like they, they they def LEDs definitely don't look like incandescent lights in some scenarios, you know, oh, so. And you don't pick them up on your uh, uh, infrared night vision. Or no. your HUDs either. Th- oh, so, that's right. Yeah. Oh, Pilot P. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you
0: know, if you're flying into an airport at night and you've got incandescent lights, you pick up the runway lights on your... Because they're RR. hot. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your uh, yeah. LED lights and a lot of airports are going to LED. It's like, of course, uh, that's not cheaper. helpful. So they're actually putting uh, heaters <sighs> in those lights so that you're... <sighs>
1: So we we're putting so LED lights out and then putting heaters yeah, in them well, so that they the show night, up for
0: when you need them for nap yeah for yeah. yeah for night
1: yeah yeah that makes sense
0: okay but so they don't use them all the time just when needed
1: so but. Pete also found there's there's two of these there's the the one I the my two of the my charges uh, both yeah. available at the same Amazon link there's the twenty six thousand eight hundred milliamp hour with power delivery um oh this is the difference it, it's that, slightly less it's there's 000. one but it's doesn't have power delivery. So, there's another one that doesn't have power delivery for $79. So, be careful. Although, it does, like, I'm not seeing it say power delivery anywhere here, but it does say that it will extend the life of your devices and lists. The first thing it lists is MacBook. So, maybe it does. It's an 18-watt output on this, which is the same as the other one. So, yeah, maybe.
0: pass-through charging. You can charge all at the same time. Yeah, if yeah. If you have access to a plug. Yeah. So yeah. You okay. Tw- so maybe you, yeah,
1: maybe maybe this one would work. I haven't tested that one, so I can't say. Yeah. But
0: um none but of them there have you go. none of them yeah. have the Qi charge either though. You set your phone
1: on. Right. I do have one of those too. That's all that's handy to have yeah. Qi on a power bank. Yeah, like for that. sure. My charge has one of those. Yeah. I'll see if I can find the link for, for that too. So one thing we love here, and we love it because it A, it it allows you to give us some feedback, which is always good. Um, but uh, but also allows uh, things to be highlighted at uh, at Apple is if you give us a review at Apple Podcast reviews because it really it I like I'm not kidding when I say it makes a difference they. Use that as their metrics to decide when and whether to highlight shows. And of course, highlighting a show means new listeners come in. That means more folks participating, more folks with questions, more folks with answers, right? Like this is a good thing. So it really helps if you haven't done a a podcast review, an Apple podcast review for us or haven't done one in a while, you can actually go and update your old review. And that actually helps things rank. So if you've got one out there that you did, you know, maybe a year or 10 years ago, you can, when it was called iTunes reviews before they changed the name, go ahead and update it. Uh, and we've got a link for you that will get you as close as I can. You go to Mac reviews, and then that will get you as close as we can link you to where you then go and, and leave us a review. But where is the show ranked these days? Yeah. Do the, you know? The, well, I mean, Mac we E-Cab. we have lots Rough of one. five-star reviews. It's great.
0: No, I know what you, that. What are you asking? I, I gave you as many as I could. No, just like in the world, because uh, we have one at work that we had just started. We actually oh. broke the 1,500 with only an audience of 5,000. Nice. Uh, We broke 1,500 in the world. Oh, So world. I imagine the Mackey oh, gap is way above I, that. Yeah, I don't,
1: I, I, gotta I haven't looked. Top. I got to look.
0: You got to be in the top 200, I would say.
1: I would hope so. Yeah. yeah. All right. I got to look Maybe. at that. Yeah. And All right. Stump, yeah. Well, in fact, we'll make guy. it. A, we'll find <laughs> out where it is. One of yeah. us will find out where it is. Maybe it'll be one of you. Maybe it's maybe it's one of us. There's and then news. and then we'll make it a goal to run that number up uh, together. Yeah. So for now, I just wanted to share one of our most recent reviews, which came from WIF five sixty seven, and simply says, "I've been listening for years and have even asked a few questions. These guys are awesome. Dave and John have answered my questions and provided countless tips and tricks." If you use a Mac, iPhone, or other Apple device, you should give a listen. So thank you WIF567. That's pretty awesome. And uh, like I said, you can you can you can do it too. I will put I will put a link in the show notes cuz it's how I it's what we do. Reviews. slash reviews There you go. That should get us there. If it doesn't, I will make sure it does cuz we have control over that. Where are we on time? We have time for a couple of these things, John. Are we ready? I'm going to go to Kent. Right, I didn't skip anything. I think we're doing all right. Kent writes, he says, "My wife's 2011 MacBook Pro is finally and decisively bit in the dust. So we just placed an order for a new 27-inch iMac. The iMac has a multitude of ports, but FireWire isn't one of them. And she has an old but still very good Umax PowerLook scanner, which uses a FireWire 400 interface. We've been using it with a 400 to 800 adapter cable, which is fine. And with my 2013 MacBook Pro." a FireWire to Mini DisplayPort uh, Thunderbolt 2 adapter. Okay, great. So no problem. Uh, so now I'm looking for a connector to allow use on the new iMac, and I am confused as to what does and does not work offhand. It looks like the easiest solution is something that will take me from the adapter I've been using. Okay, so FireWire 400 to 800, and then 800 to Thunderbolt two. You are right. That, that is, so you've got Thunderbolt, two, you've got a Thunderbolt two. You've essentially turned this into a Thunderbolt two scanner, right? With, with all those adapters. So let's look at it from that standpoint. Uh, he says, uh, I've found, he says, I've found a couple of things on Amazon. One is only $16 and the other is $60 different, two different adapters. And he's like, I'm wondering why the price discrepancy here. Well, I'll explain Um, it is definitely being informative. The price discrepancy because the $16 one is not Thunderbolt. It goes mini display port, right? It'll go Thunderbolt, you know, USB C to mini display port, even though Thunderbolt two and Thunderbolt one use mini display port as their connector. Not every mini display port is Thunderbolt two or Thunderbolt one capable And this is the problem. The more expensive one does pass Thunderbolt data across that mini display port. And that's what you want. You could also, if you're going with a dock, there is an old version of the OWC Thunderbolt three dock that has a Thunderbolt two port on it. So that's another way to do it. There are some other docks that have Thunderbolt two ports, but I will tell you, I was using this for audio for a little while to get to firewire audio from a USB, you know, from Thunderbolt two. It it starts to get to be a little bit wonky. Uh, you may be totally fine with your scanner because that's sort of you know you use it and then it stops. You're not recording for hours like we are here. So just be aware uh, that you know. I mean, I think you are aware that you're sort of you know Rube Goldberging Rube, Rube Goldberging this solution together, and uh, and you know you may or may not. Kids, you can ask your parents who Rube was, but uh, you may or may not like the end result is what i will say but it is doable and i'm glad you actually found this adapter i'm going to put a link to this in the show notes because these things are not easy to find these days but this is a certified cable matters unidirectional thunderbolt 3 to thunderbolt 2 adapter for 60 bucks so that not a bad uh not a bad thing so we will put that in the show notes any thoughts on this mr braun
2: um, no, nah, not really. I do have a uh, Thunderbolt, to Thunderbolt cable. What? Who is it? Yeah, I was trying to do a, a, I was trying to boot one, but you, you can. Um, th- there is a Thunderbolt uh, target disk mode. I don't know if you knew that, but
1: uh, on some Macs, not all, right? It, it, well, at least the two that I have. Okay, um, I think they. It is they, possible because didn't that go away? No, nah, it's still there. No, what, I was what trying it with newer, to I mean,
2: uh, with newer Macs. Maybe not yeah yeah, but I got a very basic uh, Thunderbolt to Thunderbolt cable. Um, I know it worked. Uh, I, I was trying to mount the drive in one of my machines on another machine to apply some sort of a, some sort of update to the SSD and uh, it wasn't seeing it in in the Mac environment or, or no, it was crashing in the Mac environment. so I'm like, oh well, let me let me try to mount it as a as a drive on the other machine which it did work and see if that works and no it didn't didn't see it which it should have but it didn't oh well
1: huh interesting cool all right well thank you ken that's uh that's great stuff while we are sort of on the thunderbolt subject we will go to craig here who has a question he says I'm running out of USB ports, having a couple of drives, a Luna display, a keyboard, all connected to my iMac via an Elgato Thunderbolt 2 dock. The dock has two Thunderbolt 2 ports. One is going to the iMac. Can I connect another dock to get some more ports? I haven't been able to find out a definitive answer. If that dock truly has two Thunderbolt 2 ports and it's not just a display port, right, per our previous discussion in the last question, then yeah, you can daisy chain them. I mean, it would be better if you, I think your Mac has two Thunderbolt ports. So in theory, I I would, I would put the second dock on a port connected to your Mac, but yeah, I mean, if it's a Thunderbolt two port, so it should offer Thunderbolt pass through. And, and I'm pretty sure that that Elgato dock it does have a, have two true Thunderbolt two ports on it. So yeah, I I think you should be okay with that. I, I don't, I um I, I, I've done that with, I don't know that I've done it with the Elgato. I had that tested for a little while here. There was something about initially, and I might be, I'm misremembering, I'm sure the model, but there was something about the USB a ports not being full powered or something. But, um but anyway, like, yeah, the Thunderbolt stuff I've, I've, I've done that with Daisy chaining Thunderbolt stuff and yes, it works. So you should be able to test it, but I think you're going to be all right. And and that is a good way to keep, you know, adding ports. So more John thoughts, more, more, all right, more ports, more ports, more ports is good. Ev, the nerd wrote in and says, um, I've been having the, uh, I've always enjoyed Apple's level of technical support and customer service. However, I've recently been having the worst experience with Apple that I've ever had. It all started, and he tells a story about purchasing a top of the line iMac and having all kinds of issues and basically having using Final Cut Pro, uh, all Apple hardware, all Apple software, and it's not working well together properly. And it sounds like it might be a hardware problem. um and he said that he's been upgraded to tier two customer relations and uh, and was asking, where to go from there if they need to escalate things and you know i i is there somewhere else And customer relations is usually the somewhere else um sometimes though you need to be a little um i don't want to say forceful but you need to be a little insistent with them and very clear you can't beat around the bush and wait for them to suggest replacing your computer sometimes if it's if that's the obvious and only solution they will right but if you wait for that you may wind up with a non-optimal solution uh when in fact that may have been an option and so my advice is politely but very firmly and clearly say hey look We've been through a lot here, as you know, you've seen this history or you've been a part of this, like what it to whatever level, the person that you're dealing with is, you know, is involved. Uh, we, as you can see, we've tried a lot of different things. None of them have worked. This is all Apple hardware and Apple software. So there's no third party to look at and, and consult here at this point. It sure seems like a hardware problem. And because of that, and because I don't want to waste any more of my time or your time, I would like to request a replacement computer be sent to me. And I think being very clear and, and explaining the support behind your request is, is how things need to be done. In fact, I remember being on the phone with customer relations and this was years ago. So like pre Angela Aaron's, perhaps even pre like retail storefronts. um, And I remember the, the woman on the phone saying something where she was essentially prompting me To ask that question, it was clear that she could not be the one to offer it. But she did say, wait, I I said something like, I think this thing just needs to be replaced. And she said, wait, are you asking for us to replace that, sir? And I said, yes, I am asking for you to replace this. And she said, "Okay, let me see if I can get that approved. It was very interesting. Like the whole tone of the conversation changed. and, And it was as though she were waiting for me to be the one to to instigate that particular, you know, exception process, if you will, she was not permitted to throw that into the ring. But as soon as she heard me, it was an offhand remark. I was like, God, this really sucks. I just, I feel like it just needs to be replaced. And it was like, aha, she could, she finally had something she could hang her hat on wanting to do customer service, but also of course, following, you know, towing the line of, of what she can and cannot do. And, but if it was my idea, then she could, she could run it up the flagpole. Uh, that may or may not still be the case there, but but I, I think you just need to ask. That's that's my advice. Ask politely, because you know probably yeah. not the person's fault. The person you're talking to, it's probably not their fault that your computer isn't working. You know they are the person there to help you, so be nice and all that good stuff.
2: Yeah, I remember yeah. doing that. I had it back and forth. I think it was like a PowerBook G4 or something like that. Yeah, it, it was a older machine, but I was having an issue, and you know I had a a, a guy assigned to the case, and uh, I think we mailed it back and forth like four times. Oh, yeah. Because there was still a problem and I think they actually created problems every time they sent it back to me and I was like, you know, the next time I spoke to him I'm like, you know, you, you know, first you're losing money on this because like you're paying all this overnight shipping and all that and can we agree that if you don't fix it the fifth time around I get a replacement machine and he was like, yeah, that sounds reasonable.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that's it. But, but yeah, you had to throw that idea into the conversation and then they they can take it and run with it. Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um I would think their manager would would say that, too. But, you know, who knows? And uh, actually, this is interesting. Um, uh, here's an interesting uh, uh, look. Uh, another way to, to address the problem. Uh, Brian Monroe mentions this in the chat room. Apparently, California has um, a lemon law, as uh, do, I think, many states uh, regarding vehicles. Um, apparently, it also applies to computers or uh, so. An article
1: I found he found
2: uh, huh. says.
1: Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's worth reviewing that. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I love it. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. All right. Let's. um Where are we here? Do we have? Yeah. We have time for one more. Sure. Why not? Right. You got time for one more, John? And I, sure. I know you. I know you have a, a thing with your family this afternoon. As to no, a couple hours. Yeah, okay. Can, good. Uh, Sweet. All right. So Daniel asks. He says. So, for a home or small office, would you recommend a VPN to address concerns such as what I got from a recent client? We have been hearing about so sir, we have been hearing so much about security and hackers and is uh and and a VPN is supposed to be a great additional layer of security. And then if so, which VPN brands or providers do you like? So, you know, it's a good question. Um I I will start with what I what I do, and I will give you uh, advice as to what I think other people should do. What I do is I don't run a VPN at my house. Like, you know, I I don't run one 100% of the time. There are some routers that, in fact, my router is one of them, the Synology routers, where you can have it connect to a VPN so that you, your entire network's worth of traffic is tunneled over a VPN. I'm not concerned about comcast or cable vision or you know time warner or any of those whoever whoever the, the the major isps are uh here in the u.s i'm not, really not concerned about them i know there are people that are concerned about comcast i feel like I, i'm i'm not maybe i should if, if if that's if if, I, if i'm wrong that's on me uh, I mean,
2: I think most of the traffic is is encrypted anyways, right? SSL or TLS, whatever you want.
1: Most, to. but like your your DNS probably isn't. Synology just added DNS over HTTPS to their routers. So now my <sighs> DNS traffic is, uh-huh. right? But, you know, your ISP, generally speaking, you're using your ISP for DNS. And even if you're not, m- DNS traffic by default is not encrypted. So you can see what domains you're you're looking for. But you're right, other than DNS, most of what you're doing is encrypted. But I can see if I'm your ISP, I can see that you have an encrypted connection to apple.com or an encrypted connection to amazon.com. I can't see what's going mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. the connection, but I can see even if you're using DNS over HTTPS like so, so encrypted DNS, I can still see that you're connecting to a server that belongs to Amazon or that belongs to Apple or that belongs to something that maybe, you know, someone doesn't want someone to know. So it, I don't I don't have uh, enough of an issue to to impose that upon myself. And and there are some costs that come with running a VPN for your entire network. And those costs might be speed, right? If your VPN providers connection is slower than your home or office connection, then you, you are, you are subject to whatever that limitation is. It's also potentially, potentially going to slow things down. It's going to make it very difficult for you to host any servers or inbound connections. If you're doing any kind of thing, like a VoIP connection might be weird or it might not. I mean, I proved that when I was in Orlando, I accidentally had left Express VPN running during our Mac Geekab recording and obviously it all went just fine. No problem. So who knows? But yeah, um, so I wouldn't do it there. But I, I would recommend if there is anything in particular that they are concerned about keeping to themselves, that they that they have a VPN that maybe they can employ on their individual computers. Uh, you know, I know uh, that, you know, ExpressVPN is a sponsor of Mac Geek Hub. I did not. I had not used ExpressVPN until about a year ago, when they started to come on board as a sponsor. Uh, they very quickly became my favorite VPN, and I've tested lots of them. The fact that they're a sponsor is the reason I tested them, but it is not the reason that they are my favorite. They are my favorite because it is super, super simple, and it works, and it's really good at getting around any problems that might exist. With blocks or anything like that. So, and obviously, it worked really well to record key So, ExpressVPN truly is my favorite. The good news is because they are an ongoing sponsor, expressvpn.com/mgg gets you some kind of a deal. I think you get like an extra three months or something like that. But I'll put that link in the show notes. They're not a sponsor of this episode, but um, but throwing it in there. Yes, Mr. Pete, so Pilot Pete. I've got a question.
0: Yeah. let's say one of the listeners is uh, at work and joins a Wi-Fi network yes. at their place of work and then is uh, asked to accept a certificate yep now now encrypted or not that can be seen across everything that's done can be seen across right um, Once not you accept the certificate aren't you opening
1: you are joining it, not necessarily okay no if you then launch a vpn connection they can see that you're connected to a vpn but that's it okay. they're not they're not running if they're running software on your computer a certificate is not in this right. in this in this realm i would not call a certificate software i mean it could be yeah. argued that it is but um but, but it I is i thought it was
0: opening up the encryption to that to that wi-fi it, therefore allowing it would whatsoever on your computer to be
1: it 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 Visible. would it okay. would open up it yes the certificate is just a different way of authenticating and encrypting onto that Wi-Fi network um, but whatever you do on there it certainly is seen if you're not doing anything to obscure that but if you were to say connect to ExpressVPN then 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 it, then it cr- encrypts back again okay. correct ah, cool. correct right. yeah yeah it's tunneled within a tunnel essentially gotcha yeah oh I yeah get it. all right yeah yeah Interesting. Uh, that's Braun. interesting,
2: Pete, that you bring that up, because um, I just saw a story going around here. Um, apparently, many uh, big companies are blocking a certificate from the government of Kazakhstan mm-hmm. because they said, citizens, please install a certificate so we can watch what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, apparently, uh, a lot of companies feel that that's not legit. So, Oh, interesting. <laughs> Well, I knew uh, there's
0: actually a guy in uh, one of, one of our pilots over in Germany, but apparently it's a scam going around. He got a he got a fine of a thousand dollars, ostensibly from the from the German government for downloading some uh, TV shows or movies he shouldn't have downloaded. Yeah, but yeah. that was wow. a big scam. But uh, but yeah, there were there are others who are questioning how much can in fact be seen once they install the certificate in order to join the corporate Wi-Fi.
1: Fascinating. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. And yeah. I had that same question too. I couldn't answer it. I I yeah. like oh, I think you're allowing some encryption to be visible, but yeah, makes I mean, sense. It, I see what you're saying
1: now. Yeah, and there's encrypt. a difference between a certificate and a profile too. I mean, a sure. profile usually does contain a certificate, but if it but a profile can also like give them the ability to do things to your Mac, like, right. you know, turn it off or shut it down or wipe it right. remotely, which
0: which is what they do in fact accomplish when they they issue us Sure, iPads, and they've got a tight rein on those because they're theirs. And, and, well, one, they're theirs, and two, for good reason. I mean, the you, you are relying on those. I for, say that's for your flight manual navigation. Yeah. for yeah, your flight manual navigation. Uh, you know, your charts. Uh, they don't. The FAA doesn't want those corrupted. And I, so they I, have I, nice...
1: as, as someone who far more often than, than maybe he likes lately has been a passenger on planes, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't absolutely. need Angry Birds messing up the no. flight manual, man. No. Yep. It's good. All right. Well, with that, I think it's time. We must, all good things must come to an end, you know, as it goes. Visit us on Instagram, mackgeekgub.com. Oh, I guess it would just be Instagram.com slash macgeekab. But I'll put a redirect in. I said we can do redirects for anything, so I'll do one for this. It'll be Instagram or MacGeekUp.com slash Instagram. Whichever way you do it, it will work. Just for those of you in the chat room, not right at this moment because I'm, I'm doing a thing. But I will get that straightened out very, very, very quickly. But join us over there. It's, uh, you know, it's good. It's fun. It's yet another, yet another place where we can be in touch. John, you already mentioned the forums, which is Awesome. If you want to send us an email, you send it to feedback at MacGeekGab.com. I don't know if I heard you right, Dave. Um, I'm not
2: sure if you said feedback at MacGeekGab.com. What do you think, Pete? I heard
1: feedback at MacGeekGab.com. I think that's right. I think you guys got it right. So thank you for the clarification, gentlemen. Not feedback. Well, Sorry. or that yeah. you could send a feedback if you have to, because <laughs> listener Michael years ago wanted wanted that, and we were happy to oblige. I want to thank Cashfly c a c h e f l y dot com for sponsoring, or for well for sponsoring the show, but also for um, for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. I want to thank you, Pilot Pete, for uh, making room in your schedule to come see us oh, for a special 777 thrilled, today. Thrilled,
0: thrilled to actually be able to be here. I, I, it's so rare I get actually time
1: to come to. I know. The session. Well, you are welcome yeah. anytime, thank not you. just on yeah. the ones that are named after airplanes or oh, numbered after there airplanes. There you go. Oh, yeah. too busy. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. I, I yes, I I get it. John, thank you for uh, for for being you. You know, all of this. This is good. It's good, right? No? Okay. Sure. All right, good.
2: <laughs> Whatever.
1: Whatever. Uh, thanks to all our sponsors. As I mentioned during the show, we have Linode at Linode.com slash MGG. And of course, Smile at Textexpander.com slash podcast. Of course, Otherworld Computing at MaxSales.com, Barebones Software at Barebones.com. Eero at hero.com slash MGG. As I mentioned, ExpressVPN.com slash MGG. We mentioned Experian in the show. Check that out, too, because you can go to Experian.com slash MGG and actually help increase your credit rating. It's actually pretty cool. Whatever you're doing, though, go freeze your credit because we want to make sure. What, what do we want to make sure, Pete? What are we doing here? Well,
0: whatever you do, don't get caught.
1: made up.